G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. He really was Yahovah Yirah, Jehovah Jireh, in that very spot, fulfilling the covenant. It's just breathtaking what God has done for us, and we see this unfolding of his nature and character. You actually see it all in his names. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We've been learning about the names of God, and in this program we're going to continue doing that and digging a bit deeper on last time we were speaking about uh, Yahweh, and so today it's Yahweh Jireh, finding out what that means. In fact, the context of this particular name is crucially important for us to understand because it's very much tied to our salvation. Yeah, it is very much so. But just small correction, there's no J in Hebrew. Yes, well, I remember you saying <laughs> that to me, so I'm not sure what to say anymore. So it's Yahweh, not Jehovah, but yeah. do we still stick it's with Yira, Jira? It's not Jira. Again, Yira. There's, no, okay. there's no J. It's it's really right. a bit of a sloppy transliteration into the English. Because <laughs> we'll have to relearn all the old songs we used to yeah, sing. Yeah, exactly. That, that's going to sound funny, yeah. isn't it? Because the beginning of these words, Yahweh, and Yira, or we would say Jehovah Jireh, the first letter of the Hebrew language in those letters is Yod, which is the Y sound. So you've got, mm. uh, and Yahweh, it's really Yahovah. So you would actually say Yahovah Yira wow. instead of Jehovah Jireh. But Jehovah Jireh is easier <laughs> for us, isn't it? Absolutely. You were very right when you said that this particular name of God is actually crucial to understand because it actually has a lot to do with our salvation. This particular name is found in the account of what the Jewish people called the Akedah, and that is the binding of Isaac. And you can find the story in Genesis 22, 10 to 14. And it's where Abraham stretched out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. Now, remember, Mm. God said to him, take Isaac, your only son, whom you love, and take him to Mount Moriah, where I will tell you, and you're going to have to offer him there to me as a sacrifice. It's a very interesting thing because Abraham knew that God was opposed to human sacrifice. Abraham was from a pagan background. He understood human sacrifice, blood sacrifice. He wasn't actually shocked at the concept of sacrifices in religions at all. It was his background. But for God to tell him to take his son, Isaac, and sacrifice him was a horrendous thought. Mm. Yes, you've got to think about the fact that Abraham was a hundred. Yeah. And, you know, God says, take your only son and sacrifice him. So Abraham's saying, well, this is my only chance at having the promise that God's given me. Yeah. And he knew that it had to be through Isaac. Remember when, before Isaac was born, Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael would be recognized before mm. you. Remember, he actually yeah. had a son, uh, uh, Ishmael. And God said, no, I will bless Ishmael. He will be fruitful, he will be multiplied because he's your son. But this one, no, it's not Ishmael. It's going to be through Isaac Mm. who will be born to Sarah. And so with all of these promises, remember we've learned that God is a God of covenants and that he keeps his promises. And this is characteristic in his names, as in um, Shaddai. 
So Abraham had had it drummed into him, these eternal covenants, these promises. The promise was going to come in this little tiny baby who was going to come from Sarah. And from this little boy, not only was there the prom, uh, the promise of the land covenant, but there was the promise of a whole national people with mm. kings and princes were coming from them. And this child finally arrives and then God says, take him to the mountain and kill him. Not only is that contrary to everything that Abraham knew about God, That's like going back to the old religion. You pulled me out of all of that. Now, Abraham was a lot of things, and in many cases he was quite weak when you discover that he actually was quite happy to let Pharaoh assume that his wife was just his sister because he was frightened for his own Mm. life. So there were some things about Abraham that there were character flaws, but one thing was absolutely sure. He was a man of faith, and he knew that if God promised that Isaac would be a miracle child and that through him, this child of promise, the nation would be born through him, that kings, princes, leaders, a whole national people would come through him, that if God demanded that Abraham kill him and God was going to have to do something miraculous Mm. to either raise him from the dead or change his mind. But Abraham said, yes. Mm. Now, I can't understand or comprehend what would have been going through Abraham's mind at that point. It would have been fairly tragic. But it's interesting where he says, take now your son, your only son. That's in Genesis 22, 1 and 2. He says, whom you loved. You know, that's the first time that love is mentioned in the Bible. Oh, really? It's the very first time. He's talking about the love of a father for his son. I always found that very interesting, particularly in light of the fact that when they were going up, Isaac actually says to his father, he says, Father, I, I see that we have the wood. And we've got the fire, but where's the lamb for the Mm. offering? And Abraham responded, and you'd look at it now and say he responded prophetically, Mm. but he responded in faith and trust because he said, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering. And then they continued on. And, of course, we know the story. He gets to the top of the mountain. They make the altar. He binds Isaac. He lays him on the wood. And he picks up the knife, and he was not going to be swayed from this as a parent. I mean, Mm. you're a parent. It would have been a horrendous moment. Well, I'm just thinking of Jesus in the garden sweating drops of blood because Mm. of just the turmoil he was in. And you could imagine that Abraham would have been in a similar situation, like just thinking, I have got no idea how this is going to turn out. exactly. But I'm just acting in simple faith that God's told me to do it. Yeah. What's going to happen next? I think Abraham had the faith, and I've heard Dr. Chuck Missler say this too, but I I agree with this, that Abraham had the faith to believe that even if he did actually kill his son, that God would raise him from the dead Mm. because he'd promised that the promise and the blessing and the covenant would come through Isaac. Mm. It was Isaac or nobody, and God had made that clear. But what's really interesting on that particular place, so that's when God knew. He said, don't touch him. Don't touch Mm -hmm. the boy. I now know that you will not withhold from me even your only son. And that was like when we talked about covenants, how when you make a covenant, it, there's this agreement on, on by both who yeah. are involved yeah. in it. So they both agree that one will do this, I will do this also. And if you do this, I will do this also. And then if you go and follow through with that, I will follow through with that also. That's this equal covenant. And so we think about it. If Abraham was willing to give up his own son in this covenant, mm. And God saying, if you're not going to withhold your son from me, I'm not going to withhold my son from you. Yeah. As far as the principle of the thing was concerned, even though he didn't die, 
it was as though he did. Yeah. He was offered. That's where Isaac was offered. And in that same place, exactly the same place, was where later on when David had sinned, there was the Ornan's threshing floor and the plague that was coming through Israel because of David's sin. David made offering right there on exactly the same spot. That stopped the plague. Mm. That was wiping the people out. And then later again, when Messiah comes, he was sacrificed. His life was taken from him on exactly the same spot where Abraham offered Isaac and where Ornan's threshing floor had a sacrifice made to stop the plague. And that's where Christ's sacrifice, the Son of God, Mm. was sacrificed that stopped the plague of sin and death and destruction for mankind, all in exactly the same place. So it is it's so crucial to understand this is like the essence. We talk about redemption, the story of redemption from start to finish. This is where it all played out in that very spot. But God did provide for himself. Yeah, that's right. The lamb. He really was Yahovah Yirah, Jehovah Jireh in that very spot, fulfilling the covenant. Abraham did not withhold his son. And God did not withhold his son either. And you can really see the prophetic nature of what Abraham oh, said then, yeah. wasn't it? On the mountain, he's looking at the mountain, <laughs> yeah. the Lord will provide for himself. It's just breathtaking what God has done for us. And we see this unfolding of his nature and character. And you actually see it all in his names. And we're going to continue looking at more of the names of God and understanding the uh, context and the aspects of his character as a result in our next program. We're going to learn about the name Yahweh Rapha. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.